This Wellness Couch podcast proudly brought to you by the Wellness Base Camp in Perth, our first ever event in WA. This Saturday, April 6th at the Royal Perth Yacht Club featuring some of your favorite Wellness Couch podcasters. For last minute tickets and all info, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, the weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and for the 300 and I think 13th time, it is an honor to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch. He is the legend, he is the fellow mover and shaker himself, the great Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. <laughs> Hello, great man. That's hilarious. I was thinking, okay, where are we going with this one? Am I going to be the, the, remo- the mover of the movers? Or, but now I'm the mover, mover and shaker. And shaker. Mover Mate, and you shaker. just gave me a little tour of your mansion that you just moved into, your palace. It looks absolutely beautiful. Otherwise known as Pierce it. HQ, uh, not a palace. <laughs> but what would uh, what would um, what would our good friend, whose name in real life escapes me, from the castle say? Uh, because it may not Darryl? typically be a palace. So if I say my home is not a palace, he'd come along and go. Every a home is not a home. A home is a Home is someone's castle. What would he say? You know, uh, he go. Carol, you know, he does his Carol soliloquy. Kerrigan? Is it Kerrigan? Yeah, but what's his name in real life? Is it Michael Carson? Anyway, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he'd come along and give me his soliloquy on how every right. man's home is a castle, a palace. And so you're right, Domo. We are in a new palace, and you're in a new palace. And we thought it would be a great idea to, on this episode, talk about. We often talk about how loving where you live is just such a key ingredient into living the 100 Not Out lifestyle. And you and I, somewhat unexpectedly in 2019, have um, moved into new palaces. And we thought it's a great conversation, particularly uh, since in the world of the media, and there's only one media these days and it's called Netflix, Marie Kondo <laughs> is just top of the pops. She is number one on the yeah, charts, yeah. day in, day yeah, out. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll put my hand up and say I have not watched an episode of it, but I feel like I know MK so well because everyone tells me about how good uh, her stuff is that um, I think we might channel a bit of Marie on this episode of 100 Not Out, share our moving experiences, but not in a nitty-gritty, boring way, but talk about it from a, a life perspective because you and I are both very, very passionate about uh, the places that we live in. But I learned from you, great man, and I say this to everyone, you have really taught me the value of being house proud and so no doubt you've implemented a lot of that uh, into your um, new abode. Let's just start with you, great man. What what led you guys to, to make the move? <laughs> Well, a few things um, led us to make the move. The first thing, I suppose, was that Jackson was coming to a, an end with his high school career, and it was highly likely that he was going to be moving out and living on campus at residence at a university. And so, and that all came to, to be. And we thought, well, we don't need a big house anymore. We don't need the pool. We don't need four bedrooms. Um, let's downsize. So we did. We downsized. We went into a space that is significantly smaller, and we moved into a little two-bedroom or two-and-a-half-bedroom place the half bedroom being the uh the now study where i'm recording this podcast from and uh with no pool no backyard um but with a you know with a a location that's enviable we're really close to the beach in melbourne and uh and so it's 
for us, it's a lifestyle thing. So we thought, well, let's downsize. Um, we travel a lot. We don't need to have a big house. Uh, we basically need space for us, and that's it. And um, and and that's what we did. So we and we you know we're I think five weeks into this new house, this new home. Um, most of our paintings and pictures are up, which is good, uh, and it's starting to feel like a home. Um, but we have we've only spent I think eight or nine nights here in total because we've been traveling so much. Wow. It's been uh, it's been a pretty busy time, but that was the impetus. The impetus was that Jackson was moving, and we thought, well, let's move too, and that's that's what we did. This whole concept of stuff is really interesting. Like you've said, you've um, you know, you've almost got all of the the you know the paintings up, and the stuff that really makes a house feel like a home, I think, is when the stuff that means something to you has a pride of place. So, as we record this right now, we've been in this house uh, for two sleeps uh, and it is, there's stuff. Wow, everywhere. is that all? It looks yeah. so good. Like, it, it Mate, looks it's good. Because, it's because the garage, so so the garage has all of our stuff in it right now and mm-hmm. upstairs is, is sparse and there's a part of me, like before we left our before we left home, so our landlord decided she wants to sell the house and so it wasn't a house that we could have envisaged. We were there for four years. It wasn't going to be our our future family home. So, we were out of there and I think the, the thing was we before we got out of the house, we uh, I can't don't know if we sold or donated it, and this is something I want to talk to you about but um, we no longer have a dining table. Sarah got rid and that's just temporary but Sarah's like, no, nah, we've had this dining table for it was about 10 years. Um, she got rid of like, you know those Ikea cubes like, you know, 16 cubes or 16 squares that is four like a bookshelf, yep, four by four. The expedite. We would have had that. The expedite. Oh, my gosh, you remember. So, we got got rid of the (laughs) expedite and then we also have the expedite desk, which we actually wanted to get rid of, but I don't think we did. Um, So, anyway, that's in the garage. But we got rid of barbecue, the expedite, the dining table um, and something else significant. Because I just remember there were people coming up to our joint all the time, like a Magi mix, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Because we, we got a Magi mix for our wedding, and I reckon about two years wow. later, along came a Thermomix. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, that um, sort of supersedes everything. Oh my gosh! Uh, so anyway, um, all we got rid of a lot of stuff, uh, some big stuff. But gee whiz, I got into this house, and I thought, oh my gosh, we've still got so much stuff, and I kind of don't want to. Um, I like the space. I don't. I don't want to fill the space. With stuff, so you would have felt that as much, if not more, as what we did, because when you're downsizing, you're going from four beds and one less human. We've got one more human coming into this house this year. So yep. I, I remember I saw you in Amber. It was I think it's a true. few days before your garage sale and the rest. Mm. Did you find mm. it? You know, and and let's just again, you've seen some of the Marie Kondo stuff. Like, how did you go about the culling? And the I almost get destroy us about. It. I just want to like I just want to th- chuck stuff out. But like, how did you go about the process? So, oh, that's a, it's such a good question. It's a great consideration. So for those of you who don't, well, you have to be living under a rock if you don't know who Marie Kondo is. But for those of you who don't know who Marie Kondo is, she's a, a Japanese um, lady who has mastered the art of moving things on from your life that no longer serve you. And so her whole thing is to consider things that you might keep and only decide that you're going to keep them if they continue to bring you joy. So look at the item, ask it if it brings you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy, then you move it on. And you thank it for its contribution to your life and give it to someone else or chuck it in the bin. So it all seemed a little bit, you know. Fluffy. I'm a naturopath. I'm a naturopath. I'm a chiropractor. 
Um, I, I do fluffy things, right? But this seemed fluffy. This seemed <laughs> fluffy. And so I, I was like, come on, Amber. Are you serious? You want me to do this? Anyway, so we sat down. We did a binge watch, um, jumped on Netflix, did a binge watch of Marie Kondo. And Jackson, Amber, and myself all did it. We watched five episodes of Marie Kondo all in, all in a row. And we worked out how we had to do this process, how we had to um, you know, look at items and work out if, we, if it gave us joy. So I was the first cab off the rank. So I went to my, my wardrobe and I got all of my clothes out. I put all of my clothes on the bed and I, bit by bit, item by item, I picked it up and thought, nope, no longer brings me joy. Nope, no longer brings me joy. Nope, no longer brings me joy. Now, many of those items that don't bring me joy anymore are now – being worn by my great mate Marcus. Oh, the shirts Uh, fit me perfectly. Well, it's interesting because some of those shirts I'd worn two or three times. And when I bought them, I was like, this is a great shirt. And then I wore them and, you know, it was too hot for me or um, I got too fat and so it didn't fit me anymore or whatever else. And so it was The pecs got too big, mate. The biceps. I had to move them on. So I was so grateful that I was able to give them to you as opposed to chucking them out or just sending them down to the salvos because I did send heaps out. So I culled my wardrobe literally from hundreds of items to 12 shirts and three pairs of pants, jocks and socks basically, and some sporting gear. And so I um, I threw out four big garbage bags of clothes. Of clothes. Did you feel and a bit nude? Bag- no, nah, you know what's interesting is because you can get, you know, there's this concept of decision fatigue um, and you can get decision fatigue every time you go to look for something new to wear. Mm. Now I know I've got short sleeve shirts, long sleeve shirts, all of them I like. Um, I've got three pairs of pants. I've got a blue pair. Uh, uh, sorry, I've got two blue pairs um, and a green pair or a khaki pair. Uh, and so they're my kind of, you know, smart casual pants. I've got two suits. I've got a dinner suit and I've got a blue suit. Um, and it, all of these things bring me joy. So now I know that if I'm to go and, you know, pull out my wardrobe, I know that I can go to the wardrobe, grab whatever it is that I like because I, I do like everything that's in there and just put it on and feel mm, good about it. That's a good Whereas point, actually. You could wear anything in your wardrobe. Yes. I still feel like I've got a few things to cut out just listening to that sentence. So you just go and chuck them, right? Yeah. So we go put them into a bag and send them down to the salvos, you know, and, and everyone knows that the salvos always need a hand. So I... Um, I felt great, like clearing all this stuff out. Then I, I got to then go through. You know what's the hardest thing for me has been throwing out cables. Like, really, mine is books. I've got boxes. Cables. I've got boxes of cables. Books were easy because I go, okay, enjoyed it, don't need it anymore. Enjoyed oh. it, need it. Yeah, um, I'm like reference book. It, give it to my no kids. In reading it. Yeah, really. Like, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. And so I took to my practice about 150 books. Um, and gave them away to everybody. Oh, that is so, so good. Well done. Yeah. So I, I took, I took. That's a really good idea. Amount. Trudy cracked it. She's like, "Can you stop bringing stuff in?" You know? No, we're a book going, library. She goes, "We're not a library. We're not a bookshop." <laughs> I go, "Yeah, but these are all great books, and I want someone else to own them." And so we put a little sign up saying, "These books need a new home, free to anybody who wants to take them." And then people were just searching through these books and took them. I love doing that. I I love that. I did that for two weeks, and then the ones that didn't get taken, I just chucked them out, and that was it. And I took um, a couple of books. One was uh, the Making of Men or something along those lines. Did you take that? No, it wasn't. It was no. That's the Anna Rubinstein one, isn't it? It was a Steve Bidolf one. Steve Bidolf. 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 
bit old. Yeah, bro. Something yes. about something about boys. Um, not raising, raising boys. boys. No, it's one of those other well, spin off yes, anyway. The other one, yeah, the spin off yeah. of that. That's right. What was that one? Um, anyway, yeah, I can't find I it. It's in a box somewhere downstairs in the garage. <laughs> it's clearly bringing you joy. <laughs> so that's what we you know, went through that process, and we got rid of heaps of stuff, and then we worked out what we wanted to sell and wanted to move on, and so then we did a garage sale, sold a heap of stuff in the garage sale. Was that just um, a waste of time? A garage sale is a waste of time. I hear you make no money. And all you do is, if you get anything done, it tells you that you're going to chuck or donate all of the stuff that you don't sell anyway. So, therein lies the purpose of it. But really, like, are you glad you did it? Yeah, we sold heaps and made heaps of money. Um, and what? And, and, so, and use the time. We didn't. We don't make money because it's stuff that you would have. <laughs> you said we made heaps of money. Like, I'm thinking like two hundred bucks. <laughs> No, you spend a lot of you spend a lot of money buying a lot of these items, and then you you, you decide that at some point you're going to clear them. So we sold yes, dish, we sold our washing machine, our dryer. Really? Oh my gosh! Table, table tennis table. We sold our lounge suite. We sold a bed. Oh, we you sold, sold big stuff. Drawers. Okay, so that's what you did. This is the question of going from four bedrooms to two and a half with one less human. You we actually sold, sold big big stuff. Yeah, you expedited sure. the expedites. Yeah. Yeah, we got rid of two expedites. We sold some desks, um, and we just put them on Gumtree. Yes. So we did the Gumtree thing, we did the eBay thing, and we also did the um, garage sale garage thing. Garage yeah. And then we went to a car boot sale. The car boot sale was the waste of time oh. because it was it was a super hot day, and Amber had to go and do it because I was in Sydney, and so she had to go and do it, and she just cracked it. So she was selling everything for fifty cents. <laughs> so like even if it was like fifty bucks worth of something, she would sell it for fifty cents, oh and then my. give somebody. Give something else away. Yeah. So like it was like if you buy that beautiful vase over there, which is worth three hundred bucks for fifty cents. Oh I'll my give gosh! Oh my was, gosh! Yeah. So she was just chucking stuff away. Oh wow! She's cracked it. Yeah. So, well, I was going to say like the chucking versus hoarding. You yeah. know, you find a reason to keep something because, like you said, it's worth three hundred bucks, and I don't want to sell it for fifty cents. Like, oh, it's so, a really yeah. I can well, see why. But what about you? Like, how did you go? Have you did you do any Marie Kondo stuff? Not in not in the sense of binge watching it and applying it like word for word. But I feel like the pro, like the amount of runs I've done down to the, um, you know, uh, Saint Vinnie's and just uh, I find clothes a thing where sometimes I go, would anyone actually buy this or want this? You know, like Saint Vinnie's yeah. has got like a it's almost like a, a warehouse of like sorting going on out the back. Oh, You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. I would be amazed. That's the thing. I would be. Who would buy? Yeah. And need. So I'm. I'm like. Oh gosh. I, I go. Where's this going in the world? Like I'm just looking right now as I speak to you. I'm looking at. So I'm looking at a um, a suitcase full of plastic um, coat hangers. Now they've probably been in our lives for 20 years. I really just last night. I just pulled the wooden ones out because I just don't want. I just. I'm just, I'm, and I'm also looking at a plastic bin, which I use in my office. It's got a break down it because it's just a small break. I just chuck keep it, it there and I use it. Chuck it. But that's Get the rid thing. of that stuff. So, so now, but this is my always my dilemma is, particularly with plastic. See, the plastic coat hangers, I know I'll just take them down to Vinny's, right? I'm not going to chuck them in the bin, am I? Part of me just wants to chuck them in the bin, but that's like, that's like the most un-PC thing to do these days because then they just... What do they do? Do they live in the bottom of the ground at some tip somewhere? Do they burn them off? Like, I should probably donate those coat hangers, right? I suppose so, but I wonder whether or not you can chuck them in the recycling and can they get broken but down to plastic. something else? It's just like, it's, it's more plastic than a plastic, plastic bottle. 
Yeah, but plastic gets recycled these days, right? So it might get turned into, you know, gym equipment or something. Yeah, well, look, like, some enviro is listening to this and they're going to email us and go, don't you dare put plastic coat hangers in the recycling bin because- That'll be Jackie Kidman. That's they're lined with some yeah. type of BPA that's non-recyclable. It's like compostable <laughs> coffee cups. It's like they're hardly even compostable. Yeah. It's all greenwashing. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. and I'm one of the worst perpetrators. So, so then I look at that plastic rubbish bin- yeah, oh, then, but then my coffee gets cold. Uh, but there's some... Tri- anyway, that's not... Anyway, don't uh, let me digress. Um, so, then I'm looking at this plastic rubbish bin and I'm thinking, yeah. I really should... <laughs> but then I lose the experience. <laughs> I've got to come back for everything about a keep cup and a takeaway. So, then... So, I've got this plastic coffee... This plastic... This plastic um, uh, rubbish bin with a crack in it and I go, well, if I just put it out into the world, it's just going to add to the mess of the world and it's just a bin it doesn't bring me joy but should a bin be bringing me joy like- yes if you go to shitter excuse my french if your bin is so bad that it's cracked you've got to chuck it but it's like, not so bad on. it's literally you wouldn't even know there's a crack in it until i mention it it's just a blue bin it's not well, it's not wasting everything that i need to throw in there is still in there but is it going to make your room look nice no, it's literally hidden behind my desk, which I've had since I was a child. This means something to me. It's just a cane wooden desk that I've had forever. I saw and it. I saw th- it. Yeah. And the bin is just next to it. So, no one's going to see it. But is the bin meant to be a pretty bin? That Well, it should complement everything, I suppose. It depends if you're into aesthetics. So, for it me- It matches my blue oh, well- foam roller that sits on the ground as my foot <laughs> as, as my footrest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want my space to be a great workspace. So at the moment, I've got my movie movie de- desk. My movie yes, desk. me too. Has, it, has anyone heard of movie desk? Because it it actually it's louder than it than it, it'll sound louder than it is. Here you go, everyone. Will hear this. Here we go. Here we go. Whoa! How's that for some beautiful noise? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's going. Okay, it's stopped now. Stop now. <laughs> um, the best electric stand-up on the desk. You only move it once, right? You're not moving it up and down all the time. But yeah. um, so at the moment, mine's up and I love it. But so I've got my Mac on there. I've got my hard drive there. I've got some Bose speakers sitting there. Like everything is set up so it's beautiful um, so that I can work in this space productively. So I've got a beautiful bin. I'm looking at it down there. Um, I've got the paper shredder. I've got a really comfortable chair. I've got all the things that help me be productive. Yes, uh, and creative. Computer. Yeah, and creative. So, yeah. next to me, um, to give me inspiration, I've got my Year of the Tiger um, big framed thing, um, which is just – it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> and I uh, and I love that. And so, that, that just it keeps me motivated, keeps me inspired. Um, and then so, I really like to have a space that I like to work in. So, for me, um, from an aesthetics perspective, I don't want a bin that's got a crack in it because for me, I go, well – you can do better than that, Damo. You don't need to have a bin that's got a crack in it. That's that's yes. just mine. Yeah, no, this is this is this is what I find a really good conversation about this entire process, which let's be honest, the world is now slightly obsessed with, with decluttering and all the rest of it. But then at the same time, it's also a really good wake up call because we've become so stuff obsessed that people are actually wanting more of having less in it, if you know what I mean. They actually there's a really good I love that. There's, well, there's a really good, it's a really great movement. Um, and I think I'm still adjusting, for want of a better term, to just how far you can take it. 
because there are just so many things. As I look in, as I said at the top of the episode, I look at the at the garage. Like I don't ever want to open the boxes. Like my kids are happy. I can hear them out in the in the main living area. Sarah's happy. All the stuff that's downstairs, and yes, there's hundreds of books and all the rest of it, which I ideally love. But right now, they mean they mean Jack Diddley, and I think that's the that's the thing which which you're talking about is you know to make you feel happy and productive at your workspace, you actually don't need or want much, but the more you have there, actually, the, the less, the, the worse it gets because then you become yeah. crowded in, in, in stuff. And I think that's where, and, and I think of Ikaria with, um, with, uh, Yanni and Joanna in their house. Remember, we go up there in their house and it's, it's little, you know, it's probably what a one and a half bedroom house yes. with a tiny little kitchen. Tiny. And they yeah. don't have much stuff. I mean, they're in their eighties or nineties and you look 90s. around the room. And like, well, the, the, like the room is essentially their house, like the kitchen yeah. and that little yeah. sitting area. You know, there's a couple yeah. of, um, <laughs> keepsake bottles of wine, a couple of like, uh, ceramic jars, um, a couple of family photos. Um, uh, there's a, there's a, I always remember the four by three, you know, square box TV that they never mm. watch and a, and a hi fi that they would <laughs> yeah. never listen to. It's, yeah. And a, and a fan, but you know, which is like 40 the- years old. The area that had the most amount of space in that home, the area that had the most amount of space was the outside area facing the the ocean. Yeah. And so you could imagine that they would spend a lot of time outside. The only reason why they'd be inside might be to eat and to sleep. Yes. Um, And that's true. How often do you look up and and, and, uh, young Joanna is is sweeping the patio? The patio. This is it. She's there outside, so their lifestyle is built around being outside. So for us... Um, in this new place, we've got a beautiful outdoor area at the back. Um, we've got a lot of space out the front where we can just be part of a community. It's a little cul-de-sac kind of thing, which we love. And likewise with your new place, which I noticed has a beautiful outside area as well and massive big yard for the kids to run around with. Oh, clearly, this is the next phase of your life. And so you want a space or a place that you love. Like you want it and that's, it's vital. You want that. And I think the other um, key with just loving the place that you love is the community that you're in because I'm a big believer that yeah. you can have the most beautiful house in the world and it can be tricked up Marie Kondo style to the nines but if you can't stand your next door neighbours or the town that you walk down and um, the places yeah. that you're surrounded by, yeah. it counts yeah. for naught. Yeah, 100%. I, I absolutely agree with you. So, where have you moved now? You're obviously still in Byron Bay Shire. It's just, yeah, South um, Golden Beach. So, it's just five minutes, five minutes further away from Byron than where we were. And yeah. um, but we are now it's on a uh, like a hundred or maybe two hundred meters from the beach and a hundred meters from a skate park and playground and you'd love this demo about a uh, hundred meters from a beautiful little cafe as well, uh, which used to be called the South Golden General Store I think it's now called Mrs Birdie and it's kind of like that old fashioned country town you know general store where people gather for Friday night pizza and you know like mm. that real little township um coming together so Isn't I'm looking forward looking forward to just walking out the, walking out the front door with the kids in tow down to the local almost to catch yeah. up with the neighborhood and meet yeah. our new neighbors and so the footbridge will be no more you won't go there anymore oh yeah of course I will definitely go to the footy but uh but right. that's just, just it's just a just you know checking. just a nice little local haunt. So yeah, I got to ask you one more question. One more Go. question. Um, yeah. Upcycling, right? I really yeah. struggle with it because I just seem to 
What's the word? I'm just going to say, I just don't do it well. So, I'll give you a little case in point. Um, and this isn't that I didn't do it well. It's just it's so foreign to me. So, Sarah, on the other hand, is really quite good at it. She found, so so the garage of this house is is really like a, more like an extra kid's playroom. It's like a kid's playroom. So, the upstairs will be more just the, the basic living area, but downstairs will be just the kids can run right. Well, the rumpus, the old-fashioned rumpus room, really. Sarah yeah. found... Um, Probably seven meters of 100% beautiful woolen carpet, um, which wow. I don't know how much. In, but in, someone in said it's new place in the new place you're in. No, she well, well, no, she found it on Gumtree, Gumtree, or, oh, or maybe the okay. buy and swap right. and sell for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Now, someone said it might be worth 500, 600, 700, whatever. Sarah's like, yeah. babe, this will be a bargain. Um, all you got to do is go and get it, uh, which is from from Suffolk. So, this is so my it's seven meters long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll fill a lot of the garage, right? Got the underlay about, and the carpet. It's like nearly twenty-one square meters. Oh no, it's probably. Well, I don't know. So just I'm not the guy to to this. Anyway, That's I know I, I've just got two rolls, two long rolls of carpet. That's all I can tell you because I had to lift them yesterday. So I go out to Suffolk. I go out now. I go out to Sarah's brother's Lucky house, Chris, to yeah. get the trailer. I then yes. I, I, I then get to Suffolk. I got Tommy with me in the back seat. I get to Suffolk. Um, I go to look for the carpet. Uh, the, the the guy who's very lovingly brought one of the rolls out to his porch um, has got distracted doing something else and left the other on top of his caravan in the garage. So he then says, look, sorry, but you will have to get that second roll out of the garage. So I've got a two-year-old in tow. I've, I've realized how heavy this carpet is and I've then got to go out and get the second roll. And then he says, oh, and I've got underlay there for you as well if you want it. That's like just as heavy as another roll of carpet. So long story short, not mean to sound like a whinger, but I'm not really that. I'm not a very handy guy. So anyway, I pull, I lift this carpet, probably thirty meters to where the trailer is. Then do it with another roll. Then do it with an underlay. I am just like sweaty. I'm kind of not sure if I've killed the carpet. Pretty sure that I haven't. I then get into the trailer. Realize I've kind of got to fold the carpet in half. Which I don't know. Again, if I, am I breaking the carpet? Am I murdering the stuff? If well, this is good quality, yeah, you don't do that. You know, anyway, yeah. I'm just feeling so foreign and so exposed. And I'm like upcycling. I really just like. We've done it before with a bookshelf where apparently we got this good bookshelf, but it just needed to be like someone says, all you, all you got to do is to sand it back and put another layer of varnish on it. For me, you that's like asking that? me to speak Swahili. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even, uh, I don't even yeah. know, you know, how to like, I wouldn't know little sand, like thin sandpaper from thick sandpaper, <laughs> like yeah. all this stuff, all in the name of upcycling. I'm like, oh, it's just so much effort. Like, I really, and this is where this is a really interesting conversation. I could so just go to IKEA and get like a seventy-dollar bookshelf that's probably been made in China, even though they tell me it's been made in Sweden. It's probably got chemicals all over it. But really, yep. for the sake of like <laughs> the stress of upcycling, and I, you know, like, where do you stand on all of this? Well, where do you think Amber stands on all of this? Oh look, my view of Amber would probably be just just buy it <laughs> new, no, like there's just buy no it. Way like... We're going to upcycle. So Amber's been through the phase of buying antiques, and what she wanted to do this time around was to clear all of our antiques, um, move them on. She was happy to sell them for fifty cents. I said, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. And um, and then she wanted to start scratch. She wanted to go modern, so modern and contemporary. So um, we sold our couch. Uh, we've sold heaps, so much stuff. We sold heaps, all of our antiques 
most of our antiques have been sold, um, except we weren't going to get the price that we wanted to get on some of the things. So we've kept them in our garage, and now we've gone out and bought all brand new stuff. But I can tell you this right now, the chances of me getting Amber to upcycle something from someone else's health, house is- Zero and none. I, I'd have two chances. Buckley's and none. Yep. And, um, and, so, and, and even with my best intentions, if I wanted to be able to do that, um, it's just not, it doesn't suit our lifestyle to do that sort of thing. And I'm all for the idea of upcycling. And I've got a heap of stuff um, in the past from other people who are getting rid of stuff that I think that I could use and maybe make it and fix it better and all that sort of stuff, which I have done. But this time around for us, that's not what we wanted to do. She, she wanted to go ultra modern. Uh, we've got all brand new stuff. And, uh, and and that just makes it feel like things are good, right? Yeah, and I so, think, yes. And I whereas if you're upcycling using someone else's stuff, scraps, it, it may never, ever feel like you're on top of it. Um, yep. It could be what maybe your heart desires to do, uh, and that is to, you know, protect the environment and make sure we're decreasing our landfill and all that sort of um, important uh, approach to, you know, to life. But, you know, it, it may not make you, may not make your heart sing is what I'm trying to say. Now, you've got all this carpet, but in order to use this carpet, it needs to be properly installed. So you have to pay a carpet layer to come out I don't know what they charge, $35, $50, $100 an hour to lay the carpet in a rental property. So you go, mm, is it all worth it? Yep. Well, these are all the things. In this case, it won't be a, it won't be a proper job because it's just going in the garage so they're not uh, standing on cement. But it's just the fact that there's right. a, so much effort. There's so much effort and some well, people will go- garage, That's fine. Yeah. Some people will say, well, the effort is worthwhile because the planet is on the line. But I, I hear you on this, Damon. I think it's a phase of life, stage of life. And personal preference, and everyone's allowed to have their own personal preference. And look, I am way more on the amber side um, than than the other side. In this case, like particularly because it's going in the garage, I'm very happy to have gone out and got this carpet. More, it just showed to me that there is just so much. Um, there's just a lot of there's just a lot of effort. If you have to add value to the thing that you're upcycling, uh, mm-hmm. rather than just buying it to put in the house, and you know, more like an antique. You know, because some people would argue, well, antique is the buying antiques is the height of upcycling. But I would say with an antique, you're not buying it and have to restore it. You're just buying it to put in your living room or kitchen or hanging on a wall yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. You don't actually have to. The elbow grease is is negligent. So um, I yeah. just found that a really interesting exercise. Um, and you know, and more than anything, can we just say that moving house is one of the most emotionally, mentally draining <laughs> experiences? Oh, it's a drainer! It's, you just get wrecked from it. You just wrecked. Oh, your I suppose, body sore, yeah. your back sore, you're tired, and you've your got mind- nowhere to sleep, <laughs> your mind's fried. You just get to the end of it. Oh, just don't worry about wrapping that. If it breaks, it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> you start by wrapping everything so beautifully, and then you go. Had enough of this. Oh, speaking to our good uh, mutual friend Timmy Robards, who's now in your neck of the woods. He's just down the road, yesterday. actually. I, met, I actually mean to catch up with him. You will have to. to. Much easier for you two than me too. But he was just saying, we're just yeah. saying how it's not that you're in a bad mood. It just you just go low when you are moving because there is just so much, so much on the go, and um, I, I don't know if it's just decision fatigue to the very last extreme, but you are just constantly on the go, aren't you? Yes, you're you're constantly on the go, and you and you're exhausted, and you're you're exhausted because you're making so many decisions, and you've got to be so careful. Yeah, you know what? I well, I was moving stuff and I hurt my back, so I've had a, oh. I've had a bad back pain for the last five weeks. Like it's just been so. I did not painful. know that. 
yeah, don't talk about it much. Um, still keep on going, still adjusting spines, saving the world one spine at a time. And, nice. But I, my, um, my back's been caning me. Uh, so fortunately, I've had a great team of chiropractors and physios working on with it to try and get it right because it's a, a, an injured disc, which I've done in the past. And um, you, when you hurt your back, you realize that you probably should have got someone else to do it for you. But you kind of think, well, I reckon I could just move this one. And I reckon I could just move this one. You put it in the trailer and you end up doing it yourself, but you probably just should let someone else do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's my lesson. Yeah, there's that's my so lesson. many of those decisions when it comes to moving, isn't there? Who's better to oh. do this, someone else or me? And I feel like you're making them hundreds of times per day. Yeah, oh, absolutely. look, I could just <laughs> I could chew your ear off. You know, we could talk about this forever. Um, yeah, there's a lot in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of growth in moving. Gee whiz, it's challenging. All right, Damo, um, we missed <laughs> each other just uh, in this last week. You were up my neck of the woods. I was in your neck of the woods. I really look yes. forward to seeing you in the flesh. I will be seeing you when this episode drops. I will be seeing you in five months in Athens as we overlook oh, the uh, Acropolis the day before we get on the plane to head on over to Ikaria. If you're not joining us in Ikaria, if you know nothing of what we're talking about and you love the idea of a 10-day longevity experience on the Greek island where people forget to die, the blue zone of Ikaria, make sure you head on over to 100notout.com or look into your local Go magazine in the month of April. You will see an article about Ikaria in the Go mag. That is in all Go Vita stores around Australia. Damo, you and I. We are exposed to 500,000 people over the course of April. I bet you there's a bit of forage cereal in the uh, next edition of the GoMag as well, would there not be? I think we've got something in there. Yeah, yeah we're doing something. Because, of course, doing you can get something. your forage at all great GoVita stores around Australia. And That's if you right. go in go and it's not Go-Vita. stocked, make sure you tell them where is the forage cereal. Make sure you stock it. Um, Damo, so much to uh, explore with you. Thank you for your time, as always, on this edition of the podcast. Oh, mate. I love I love sharing time. I wish we could just do podcasts for hours and hours and then. Maybe we can. There's an idea in that. For more info on The Great Man, head on over to DamienChristoph.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com.au, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Until then, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.